Hi, and thanks for listening to the Ask the Pastor podcast, a part of the West Hills podcast where you have the opportunity to ask and receive biblical answers on your questions from our lead pastor, Will Duvall. I'm your host, Thad Yessa, and I'm super excited to dive into this week's question. This week's question comes to us from Destiny, and she asks, Pastor Will, I was discussing your recent sermon, Nothing But Leaves, in which you encouraged us to evangelize and disciple others with a friend who believes that our personal relationship with God is much more important than spreading the gospel. I've never considered these two in competition with one another, so I wasn't sure how to respond to him. Which is more important, loving God or sharing his love with others? Thank you for that question, Destiny. And I really like this one uh, because it actually has a very simple answer. Uh, And yet, I think it's an incredibly convicting answer when we uh, understand it properly. So the simple answer to your question, which is more important, loving God or sharing his love with others, is loving God. Pretty straightforward. It is more important to love God. But things get interesting when we start unpacking why that's the right answer. There are probably uh, a few reasons, actually, why it's more important to love God than to share his love with others. But I'm just going to give you the simplest one and the one that I think gets us into the heart of the question for today. And that is this, because if you love God, then you will, by definition, share his love with others. It is possible on the one hand to share the gospel, the good news of God's love for us, with others without actually loving God for yourself. But it is impossible to truly love God without sharing that love with others. Let me say that again because I think that both those statements that I just made have become quite controversial in the church over time, and yet I think that both are clearly supported by the biblical evidence. So it is possible to share the gospel without actually loving God for yourself. Few people do that anymore, but it's possible. But it is impossible to truly love God without sharing his love with others. Now, let's examine each of those in turn. For starters, is it possible to share the gospel without actually loving God yourself? Philippians 1, 15 to 18, Paul informs us, Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. So there you have it, biblical proof that it is really possible to evangelize with impure ulterior motives. And Paul, Paul essentially says, you know, it's, of course, better to preach Christ out of love. Um, but hey, I mean, at least those who are doing it out of selfish ambition are still preaching Christ, which is better than not preaching him at all. So doing the right thing with the wrong motive is still better than doing the wrong thing. That makes sense. So you can evangelize without truly loving God. But now let's take my second claim and uh, really focus on that one, especially that it is impossible to truly love God and not share his love with others. Now, again, I know that may sound like a pretty audacious allegation because so many of us pass up so many opportunities to preach Christ every single day. But let me try and back it up for us with Scripture. So we'll start in John 14, 15. Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. He doesn't say, You'll keep most of my commandments. Uh, 
the ones that come easiest to you, most natural to you, the ones that don't require you to get out of your comfort zone, the ones that fit with your introverted personality. No, Jesus simply says, you will keep my commandments. And time and time again, he makes it abundantly clear throughout the Gospels, the endings of the Gospels in particular, in the beginning of the book of Acts, this is the very last thing Jesus says, so you know it's extra important. It's the last thing he left us on earth to do in his stead, in his name, in his power, uh, as his hands and feet, to take the light into the darkness. Go and make disciples of all nations, Matthew 28, 19. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel, Mark 16, 15. Proclaim repentance for the forgiveness of sins to all nations, Luke 24, 47. That as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you, John 20, 21 that you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, Acts 1.8. And as a church, we've, we've got to decide whether uh, we're going to read these, these commandments as just being uh, really intended and applicable to Jesus' original 12 disciples or whether they still apply to us today. Uh, certainly, the second generation of Christians, the third generation, the fourth, the early church universally accepted the, these great commissioning text as Christ's mission that he had left all of them, not just the 12, but all of them to, to accomplish, to fulfill. There was no debate about that. And if we today in the 21st century church want to read ourselves out of those texts, I think it has massive, far-reaching, unintended consequences for our interpretation and our application of the rest of Scripture. Like, okay, what what commandments of Jesus do apply to us then? I mean, can we just read ourselves out of any command of Jesus that we find too inconvenient for us? Now, on the other hand, Jesus also doesn't say in John 14, 15, that if you love me, you will keep my commandments perfectly. So is your failure, is, is my failure to take advantage of every single opportunity to share the gospel? Is that evidence that I don't actually love Jesus? No. I hope not, of, of course not, uh, any more than, than a Christian ever sinning in any way after salvation undermines the legitimacy of their conversion. It doesn't. 1 John 3, 6 says, No one who abides in Jesus keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. But that obviously can't mean that believers never sin after regeneration. John clarifies what he means there in chapter 3 uh, in verse 4 by saying everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. And then again in verse 9, no one born of God makes a practice of sinning uh, for God's seed abides in him and he cannot keep on sinning, continue in sin uh, because he's been born of God. So what, different, what differentiates sin as a practice of sinning versus uh, just sin is another topic for another podcast, but suffice it to say here that if God is regularly calling us to share his love with others and we make a practice of refusing to do so, then I think scripture makes it clear that uh, we do that either because we haven't properly understood his commandment yet, and that's why podcasts like this exist, to raise our conscious, consciousness you know, with the aim not of instilling guilt, but rather inspiring obedience, faithfulness to God's calling on our lives. But either we were simply ignorant and don't know yet that we've been left here with a job to do, to bear witness to the gospel, 
um, which hopefully if you've been at West Hills for any length of time now should not be true of you. I'm trying to hammer every single Sunday, not only the gospel, but the importance of paying that gospel forward, of, of evangelism, discipleship, sharing it with others. Um, so if it's not ignorance then, then it must be disobedience. I, I, those are really the only two options that I see for why one would not bear witness and faithfully obey the command of Jesus to do so. Speaking of 1 John, let's just run through a few more passages that John adds here that reinforce this idea that it is impossible to truly love God and not follow his command, including his command to share his love with others. 1 John 2, 3 through 5, by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. 1 John 3, 18, little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Kind of reminds us of that parable Jesus tells of of the father who asks his, his two sons for help out in the field. And one of them says, yeah, dad, you know, I'm your favorite son. I'll go do it. And he never gets off the couch all day long. And the other doesn't say a word. He just silently goes and obeys. Um, you know, that's, that's a convicting kind of parable for us. Like if, if, if Jesus is, is saying, hey, here's what I've left you to do. Um, are we going to love in word or talk only and say that we love him or are we going to show that we love him prove that we love him indeed and in truth by obeying his commands including the command uh, to share that love with others first john 5 3 for this is the love of god that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome it's good for us to share god's love with others every time i i i would be you know shocked i i don't think i've ever heard somebody uh, tell a story of you know walking away from a, a conversation where they had the opportunity to share God's love with someone and uh, they regretted doing it. You know, yeah, that doesn't mean that you're going to do it perfectly. It's not going to say, it, it doesn't mean that you, you're not going to wish that you had said one thing a little differently or you forgot something or you're not, uh, but, but that just means that you're taking seriously this calling uh, to to evangelize and to share the good news, and you want to do it well. Um, but I don't think I've ever heard somebody walk away and uh, not be energized and excited by this this opportunity they had um, just to to share their faith with someone and share their love for Christ. So. Lastly, one more passage. How about 1 John 4, 7 through 9? Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. Friends, that's the right reason to share God's love with others. It's out of love for them and in response to the love he's shown us. There's no more loving thing than we can do for someone who doesn't know Jesus, or might not know. If you're not sure, we, we cannot simply take for granted anymore in 21st century America. There's, there's probably never been a time when Christians could or should have taken someone's knowledge of the gospel for granted, but it, it's certainly not today. 
It is uh, sort of the cruel irony of our age that in this digital age where there's more information available instantly to us at our fingertips than ever before in history, there may have never been so much misinformation, so much confusion about the core truth of the Christian faith, the gospel, that God condescended in the form of a man, Jesus, to atone for our sins through his shed blood on the cross and conquer the power of sin and death in order to raise us to new life with him and his resurrection, if we will but repent of our sins and trust in him for salvation. That is good news. And it's the good news at the very center of Christianity. And yet for so many people, it's been buried under so many layers and layers of empty religion and gospel-less ritual that is precisely what drove them away from the church in the first place. And there's never been a more urgent time to cut through all of that and clear up the confusion and preach unashamedly the good news and call people back to the Savior who loves them and gave himself for them. It's the most loving thing in the world we can do for them. I've used this analogy before. If, if I was getting ready to go skydiving and just before I jumped out of the plane, you stopped me to point out that I hadn't strapped on my parachute yet, I might be a little embarrassed. I mean, what, what if we didn't even know each other? Talk about an awkward interaction. And yet I would be grateful for the rest of my life to you for caring enough about my life to shoot me straight. If the good news of the gospel is really as good as we say it is, and on the flip side, if the consequences of rejecting Jesus is really are, are really as dire as we believe they are, then how could we not do the most loving thing and share it with them? And so I want to just remind us again, there's no quota with evangelism. I can't find anywhere in Scripture where Jesus says, you've got to witness this many times a week or to this many people or else. But what I do want to challenge us at West Hills, um, just because I think so many of us, myself included, often approach evangelism with sort of this mindset, well, if the Holy Spirit specifically leads me and convicts me in a given situation, then I, I hope I'll have the boldness to be obedient and tell someone about Jesus. But look at how that mindset contrasts with what uh, we hear of the early church in Acts chapter 16, verses 5 through 6. It says, So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. That means they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to evangelize. They wanted to share in, in, in Asia. Their default setting was, I'm going to share the gospel everywhere unless God specifically tells me not to. That's their default setting. Because this, this good news is too good not to share, and there are too many people living and dying without ever hearing it. And hell is too terrifying not to let them know about it. And so, just a quick plug there, super low-hanging fruit opportunity to get the gospel word out to your family and friends this holiday season. Invite them with you to church uh, this Advent season, especially on Christmas Eve. Every church study out there shows that people are like five times more likely to say yes to an invite to church around Advent or Lent than at any other time of the year. So let's capitalize on this opportunity uh, to invite and bring them with you this Christmas to be reminded, maybe even introduced for the first time ever, to the love of God made manifest for us in the person and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And so my, my closing exhortation to you, Destiny, and to all of our listeners is this, fall in love with Jesus. That's my prayer for the people of West Hills, that we might fall more in love with Jesus this Christmas season, this coming new year, because if we do, when we do, we will 
necessarily share that love, his love. We love because he first loved us, 1 John 4, 19. We'll share his love for us with others. Because like you said so well, Destiny, the two, loving Jesus and sharing Jesus, are not only not in competition, but they go hand in hand. They're actually two sides of the same coin. We can't truly love him without sharing him. And so let's fall more in love with Jesus today and let that love compel us. 2 Corinthians 5.14, the love of Christ compels us to share. Uh, let his love motivate us to go and make disciples of all nations. Thanks for answering that question, Pastor Will. And thank you listeners for submitting those questions to us. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Ask the Pastor. Remember that you can ask your questions each week at the info bar at West Hills or by submitting them online through our website at westhillsstl.org. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform if you haven't yet. And thanks for listening.